and so am I. This blesses me. The Word of God is awesome. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you so much. Your Word of God is true. Man, we, we get ourselves ready here. We tune in to you. We purposely, intentionally decide to listen to your Word and, and let, not let our minds wander. And uh, so thank you so much, Father, for, for listening ears, hearing ears. In, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Like I say, I get excited about the Word of God, man. The more you hang around the Word of God, the gooder and gooder it gets. The better and better it gets. Amen. So we're going to continue with the Word that we started last week. Somebody, you know I like t- participation, right? So, oh, they already have it up there. You guys are awesome. I was going to ask somebody what the title is. <laughs> uh, if not now, then when? If not now, then when? This is part two that we're going to talk about today. And just thank God for his word. I do want to do like a quick recap of what we covered last week. And if you didn't see the message last week, since this is part two, it's probably best to go and look at. Man, all right. I like that. I like that. You guys know I like participation. But some of the things that we covered last week was uh, what has God spoken to you via his word? What has he spoken to you specifically? And as I mentioned last week, you know, when, when I want to focus primarily on the individual here, this message, but it does not mean that, you know, this doesn't apply to, to, to more than one person. And I use the example as a husband and wife last week, but it could be friends, it could be just two believers in the Lord or a group of people uh, that this could apply to, but everybody has to be in agreement. Remember what Jesus said, less two or more in agreement, you know, concerning his word. He's in the midst, and then you know, we'll have that, what we agree on, but everybody plays a part. But primarily what we're talking about is what has God spoken to you individually? And if the word of God to you is not true now, then when is it? If the word of God is not true to you now, then when is it? You know, before God created the world, before the world was created, it, was, it had to come from somewhere, right? Before you could see it with the natural eye, you know, I love this testimonies that, that Pastor Shannon gives on the, on the mission field about, you know, you know people's uh, limbs growing out. And you've heard those testimonies or maybe you heard of someone's organ being replaced. Well, it wasn't there, but where did it come from? Was it in the now? Yeah. It was. It was. It is. Your now is now. Although you can't see it with your natural eyes, your now that he's promised to you is now. It's right now. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So it's eternally yes for you right now, not just when you get to heaven. Although what is uh, promised to you hasn't manifested yet, is it still true? Yes. And then we covered Hebrews chapter 11, and you're familiar with, and then in verse 1 and 6. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And verse number 6 talks about without faith, it is impossible to please him. But I want to encourage you, take the pressure off yourself. You're not trying to get faith. You're not trying to muster up faith. You already have faith. You already have faith. 
The Word of God says it in Galatians. You have the faith of Jesus on the inside of you. So take the pressure off yourself. You got what you need to get what you need to get from the Lord. Faith is always present tense. It's always present tense. We, talk about bringing, we talked about bringing everything back to the foundation of our believing. Salvation. You know, we didn't work to get salvation. We didn't pay tithe to get salvation. All those, you know, we didn't, we didn't pray so, you know, to, to, to try to earn salvation. All we did was believe and confess. And that's the way it works. It's simple. Remember the example I gave with Vince Lombardi and, and the professional football players? And he said, gentlemen, this is a football. And he was talking to professional players. What he's doing, he was bringing them back to the foundation, to the basic of what they believe. So everything, just, you know, just think about it. The now that, that God has spoken to you, whether it's via prophecy, the word of God, uh, uh, in prayer, it, it exists. But how do you obtain it? Just going back to how you received him as Lord and Savior. It was simple. Just that simple, right? So that's so, and so, uh, so very important. So you heard the good news to believe. You need to continue hearing the good news, the word of God, to, con- uh, to receive what he's given to you. Faith is an act. An act doesn't happen without belief. Remember we talked about that? An act doesn't happen. We believe and then we act. Belief is about what you accept to be true now, not what you do with it. Belief is about what you accept to be true now, not uh, not what you do with it. Faith is what we do with what we believe. I love the example that um, Hans gave when, uh, a few times when he spoke and he worked with Dave Duell. And um, I, I love the example he gives about how Dave Duell was practicing to hear the voice of God. You know, we practice that. We, we put it into work to hear the voice of God. So one of the things, and I'm kind of maybe chopping the story up, but you'll get the gist. He said that what he, uh, Dave Duell and a friend did was the friend went out and hid somewhere, right? And then, then Dave Duell wanted to listen to the Holy Spirit, to, for him, the Holy Spirit to lead him to where that friend is. So he got in his truck or his car, and he started the car up. And he was just waiting there, waiting there, waiting there, and waiting there. And finally, he got a prompting or, the, you know, the Holy Spirit rose up on the inside, just put it in drive. And when he put it in drive and started to drive, and the Holy Spirit turned right, turned left. You know, as he went... He knew. As you go, you know. And so if he wouldn't, now know him, you know, Dave Well, him putting the car in drive or him starting the car was his belief. And him putting the car in drive and moving forward was his faith because faith is an act, right? So, so, so as we go, so you have that word that you've got, that now word, that yes word that you've gotten from the Lord. Go with just what you know. As one preacher said years ago, go to bed, get up. Praise the Lord. Nothing's happened in the natural. Go to bed, get up, praise the Lord. Go to bed, get up, and praise the Lord. Then one day you're going to go to bed, get up, and praise the Lord, and you run right into it. Sometimes it just sneaks right up on you. You know, and those things that you believe for just happen. It's like, oh, my goodness. Why? Because you wasn't focusing on the thing. You are focusing on him. You know, when I was in law enforcement, we go to the gun range, and, and our range master used to tell us, you know, as you're practicing, if you're in a gunfight, that's different. But as you're practicing, you know, when you fire that gun, it almost should catch you by surprise because you're focusing on your, your sight picture, and you're just focusing on the target and your sight picture and just squeezing that trigger, then boom, it just, you fire and you hit the mark. You know, you can't do that, and you can't do that in a gunfight. Tell a guy, well, wait a minute, let me focus on my sight picture. But that's how you practice. You practice that, and that's how you get results. Amen. 
you know I like to have fun, y'all, so it's okay. Loosen up. It's all right. Man. See, that's why I talk to youth, you know. I like talking to youth, but anyway, praise the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 12, we talked about Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2. It says, looking unto Jesus. Praise the Lord. Looking unto him, Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the source, the author, the source, the creator and finisher of our faith. So that's what we covered, some of the things. Looking unto Jesus. That's who we look unto. So I want to get into the word, but what I wanted to talk more about today is the time between the promise, we touched on it, and the fulfillment or the manifestation. The time between what God has spoken to you through his word, the promise that he's given you, that thing or that something that he's given you, and the process between that and, you know, to the manifestation. Because it's during that space of time that we could be tempted to quit believing. It's during that time that we could be tempted. And everybody is tempted. Whether it's life or the devil or even our minds. That's why it's so important we renew our minds with the word of God and stay in this word. Uh, so everyone is, could be tempted to quit believing. Can we go ahead and turn to John chapter 4? John chapter 4. We're going to start right there. And I'll be reading all the scriptures from the New King James and like I always say, or often say, if there's a scripture on the, that's not on the screen, do not blame it on my friends in the back. That's my fault. Amen. John chapter 4, and we're going to start with verse number 46. And we're talking about that time between, you know, when we're tempted to quit believing. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made water, the water to wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Now think about this. This at Capernaum, you know, the first uh, miracle that Jesus did was the water to wine, as the word of God says. But after he did that, he left and went to Capernaum. Okay? Well, this is where this nobleman lived. So why did this nobleman come to Jesus? Look at verse number 47. When he heard that Jesus had came out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. He heard about Jesus, and he went to Jesus and not his disciples. Because he heard back then what Jesus did. What have you heard? What are you hearing? What has he spoken to you concerning your now, concerning your yes? Continue to go to him as you believe. The word of God. Verse 48. Then Jesus said unto him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. He's referring back to the, when he made the water to wine. The nobleman said to Jesus, sir, come down, come, come down before my child dies. Jesus said unto him, go your way. Your son lives. In other words, he said to him, yes. He gave him a yes. Remember with Jairus, his, he gave him a yes also, but nothing had changed, right? That's with Jairus' daughter. So then the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. It's so important. You know, the word of God is really simple. We complicate it, but the Holy Spirit wants to reveal it to us and, and encourage us to, in a simple way. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't get it. 
Praise the Lord. But he went his way. You have a way to go with the promise that he's given you. Other folks may try to influence you. And most of the time it's the folks closest to you. But you got your way to go. They have their way. It's not saying that you don't listen because God used people. He speaks through people. But you got your way. So he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed in his household also. So they didn't have a cell phone back then. Right? So, so Jesus spoke to him and he said, your, he said to him, your son lives. He told him to go. So he went off of the word. And this, this is a good sermon title here. Keep going. Just keep going. He spoke the word. Just keep going. If you don't hear, go, go off of what you know. That's why it's so important to find out what the word of God says. What has he spoken to you? What has he confirmed? Go with what you know. He or she that knoweth to do right and doeth it not to him or her, it is sin. If what you know to do, just do what you know to do and continue to go. Amen. Just continue to keep going. Keep going. Keep moving. Amen. Praise the Lord. And he believed in his whole household, but he went off the word what Jesus spoke to him. Because the word of God is true. His promises are true. Like uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, not, not some, but all the promises of God in him are yes or now. All the promises are now. His word is now, right now. All his promises to you, his word to you, that he spoke to you, is now. You may not see it, but it's now. All the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, or so be it, to the glory of God through you. In other words, when he speaks that word to you, you stand on that word, you go with that word, and then it, you get what you're believing for or what he promised to you. It gives glory to him when you go and testify and say, look what the Lord has done. He gets glory through you. But during that process, during that process, he expects us to walk with the word that we know. God is glorified by us when, when his promises or his yes to us is fulfilled in our lives. So it doesn't just happen, though. It don't just happen. It just, just don't just happen. Yeah, is it true? Yes. Is it now? Yes. But it, we got a part to play. So our part is only believe, as he told Jairus, and continue to, to renew our mind and continue to stand on his word. That's our part to play is to only believe. We don't figure out and try to make it happen. We just believe him and continue to renew our minds with words, keep this word before us, to encourage ourselves with the word of God. Keep our hearts persuaded by, causing, or by doing this will cause us to act in faith. So it's so important to read the Word of God. You know, there's times when I, when I read the Word of God and reading something that don't have nothing to do with a situation and, you know, just the words that I'm reading don't have nothing to do with a, the situation that I'm in, but the Holy Spirit has a way of making it relate to my situation. 
I was like, you read this particular passage, you don't have nothing to do with what I'm going through right now. But if you don't put yourself in position to hear, he can't encourage you. Between the yes, the now, and the fulfillment. So we have to keep this word before us. So, so, so your, your spirit desires to fellowship with the word of God via reading the word of God and studying it. You know, and, and I think about often like, you know, Rama, you know, uh, uh, Kennedy Hagan and, and, and Andrew Womack, you know, Karis Bible College and, and, and Jim Richards, his, his, uh, his, his school that he has. I noticed that, you know, all of these gentlemen it, require their students to read the word of God. In every good book that they have written, they have, all of them has written an amazing book, it's based primarily on the word of God. And it's not just reading it to achieve, you know, as Pastor Shannon has spoken so many times. You want to find out what is it? Who are you? Who belongs to you? What can you do in him? What can he do through you? So, so that's why it's so important. In every child of God, every child of God desires to read the word of God. You may not feel like it all the time, but your spirit hunger and thirst for the word of God. And we can train ourselves to love this scripture, to love reading the word of God. We can train ourselves to do that. So, so if the word of God is not true now, then when is it? See, then there's no Bibles in heaven. Uh, it's true. There's no Bibles in heaven. So when can this be the most beneficial? Man, right now. But if you don't know what it says, it's difficult. Because Jesus said that he will take of mine... The Holy Spirit will take of mine and reveal it to you. We can say all the time where scripture just came up. You weren't thinking about it. And it applies to your situation. So the will, the word uh, will encourage us to continue believing and uh, and acting. Uh, God may prompt you, though, doing this process, doing this yes in in, in the process. Or I like what Jennifer said. She said the gap between, you know, but doing this process and then the manifestation. He may prompt you or ask you to do something that doesn't make any sense at all to your brain. But it's so important that we be obedient to him. Yeah. And a great story that I love to read is in 2 Kings chapter 5. Look at 2 Kings. This is funny, but it's so good. And I know many of you read this, and it's talking about uh, Naaman, the commander. Say hallelujah if you're there. Well, you're already there. You can see it on the screen. Naaman chapter 5, look at verse number 1. It says, now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and uh, honorable man in the eyes of his master because uh, by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. He was a leper. Verse number 2, it says, and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had... uh, and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Say divine connection. Sometimes between your yes and the gap or the process between, there's divine connections that God has. Some of you know about and some of you, you don't. But as we continue to acknowledge him all the ways, he directs our path and he calls people to come into our lives that's going to bring that yes to pass. 
So right here is a divine. This is a slave girl, y'all. Verse number three, it says, now she was uh, to her mistress. She said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet. Now, this is important. She said the prophet, not the king. If only my master was with the prophet who is in Syria, for he, the prophet, would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in. So Naaman heard that from the slave girl, from, from his wife's um, servant, and he heard that. So Naaman, verse number four, went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. So he went to the king and said, listen, this girl said, if I go to the prophet, the prophet will heal me of my leprosy. Then the king said to Naaman, verse number five, go now and I will send a letter to the king. I can understand you sending a letter to the king, but the king is not the one going to heal you. So, so he said to Naaman, I'm going to send a letter to the king. Understand, now he's going there. It's good to acknowledge the king. But, but, but Naaman allowed his king to send a letter to a king and not to the prophet. In other words, what God spoke to you, do what he told you to do, no matter who the title of the person is. See, the, the king sent the letter to the king, not the prophet. And Naaman didn't correct that. Sometimes we get overly concerned about what people think so we don't speak up. You know, there's a scripture that talked about how people feared the faces of people more so than God. Verse number five. So the king sent, uh, the, the, then the king of Syria said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. Then, verse number 6, he got all this stuff. Now he's going to the king. Then, verse number 6, then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, and the letter said this. Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may heal him of leprosy. I acknowledge the king. It's good to acknowledge the king, but that's not true. He said he, said, he should have put in that letter that Naaman said to me, hey, I'm sending this, my servant to you, but I want to, my servant to make contact with the prophet. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and almost pooped his royal pants. Oh, that's teeth. <laughs> That's T's translation. That's my, you remember, I got my own. And said, and am I God to kill and make a lie that this man sends a man to me to heal him of leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. He got ticked off. I can't heal this guy. See how confusion set in? All because there wasn't clarity up front you got a word you got that word if there's other people involved make sure they understand the direction that you're going or the word that God spoke to you verse number 8 so it was when Elijah 
the man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes and almost pooped his royal pants that he sent, that sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel, not just a king. There's a word from the Lord for you. Come to the word. Send him to me. Verse number nine. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots, you know, all his stuff, you know, his gifts, and stood at the door of Elijah's house. Verse number 10. And Elijah sent a messenger out to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman, because it didn't happen the way he thought it was going to happen, became furious. He's like, what? I show up with all this stuff. I'm all this in a bag of chips. You don't even come to the door and greet me and say, how now, brown cow? Go jump in the lake or nothing. And you send your servant to the door? He's offended. He's furious. And he went his way. He went his way. And said, indeed, said to myself, uh, indeed, I, say I. I. This, this way, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. This is how, this is what he thought. But sometimes our brain can get in the way. Verse number 12, are not Abana, I think, that's the word, and Pafar or Farpar, the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could not I wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Say, so here I show up. You don't even come out and greet me. I thought this is the way it was supposed to happen. I thought this is the way my now was going to manifest. This is what I planned in my mind. And then I come to you and you tell me to go dip seven times in Lake Eustace? <laughs> what the alligators is in the water moccasins? Surely you can tell me to go to Fern Park in the swimming pool or maybe to Mount Dora, the aquatic center. Better yet, there is a YMCA in Tavares. And you telling me to go here to the muddy Lake Eustace and dip seven times. Verse number uh, 13, it says, I think it's 13. And his servants... Servants, all of them gathered around him. Say, listen, they pretty much said, listen, fool. <laughs> Came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you something great, something spectacular. Remember, we miss the supernatural for looking for the spectacular. This is how God's going to bring it to pass in my life. This is what God is going to do. We assume that. And all he tells us is believe. I'll take care of it. I'll bring it to pass. He said, 
uh, my father, if the prophet had told you some great, would you have not done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? All of them talk, try to talk sense in him. Verse number uh, 15, and he, re- uh, he returned to the man of, I'm sorry. No, verse 14, and he went down and dipped seven times in muddy Jordan according to the saying of the word of God. According to the saying of the man of God. Whatever God's speaking to you from here, the now, the yes, whatever he's speaking to you from here, between here, whether it makes sense to you or not, just do it. Just do it. You may not understand it, but just do it. Just do it. It's along the way. We're not led by our own thinking. We're led by the Holy Spirit. We're led, and the Holy Spirit will take this word and reveal it to us. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the word of God, the man of God, and his flesh was restored like like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And, of course, he got excited and returned to the man of God because of what had taken place in his life. But it didn't make sense to him or to his brain. I've been there many times just thinking, man, God's leading me here. He has me here. He's caused me to do this or say this, but it just don't make sense. It does not, to me, relate to my now. But somewhere I remember reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 25, it says that God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man or your thinking, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So it's not that God is foolish because he's not foolish. It's not that he's weak because he's not weak. It's what we assume to be foolish or what your family assume what you say that God's telling you to be foolish or what your friends is saying that what God is telling you, that's foolish. But what has he told you to do? Doesn't matter if it seems foolish. So it's foolishness, may be foolishness to us or to them, but it's wiser than man. It may be weak to them or us and to our brain, but it's stronger than man. That's what the word of God is saying. So we don't go by. We're led by him. We're led by him. Folks may talk. Your brain may want to think a certain way. But what did he tell you to do? Just do that. So the question is, if it's not true now, then when is it? He's giving you your now. While you're going, it may seem foolish, but you still, your now is still true. Your yes is still yes. Just continue to walk with him. You know, even if we mess up, even if we, 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 we think, you know, we've, I've made a mistake. I've messed up along the way. Or, or like J.R. as we talked about last week, when he came to him, and next thing you know, the woman with the issue of blood, it's like, oh, my goodness, time has ran out. It's over with. You know, this is not going to happen. Even when we met, that does not change our yes that we receive. When we think that we've missed it, the yes is still a yes. The now is still a now. 
I love it in Jude. If you turn to Jude, uh, and it's one chapter there in Jude, this is beautiful. And this will encourage us along the way. Jude, and looking at verse number 20, Jude verse number 20, it says, But you, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith. You build up yourself. You build up yourself. One more time. You build up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Building up yourself. You may not feel like it. It may not seem like what he spoke to you is true. But you, beloved, sometimes somebody else is not going to be there to build you up. You got to build yourself up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. This is the clincher right here. I wanted to bring a blanket up for this one. You know, it's, I wanted to bring a blanket up and, and, and cover myself, but I'll use this right here. Modesty cloth, you know. This is, this is awesome. This will work right here. You know, when a baby is born... What do they do? I, got, I think we have some nurses in here. We got, I see Kelly in here, right? So when the baby's born, it don't look like me, fortunately. But you know, when the baby's born, soon as it come out of the mother's womb, what do they do with that little baby? They, they, they wrap him or her and look like a little burrito, right? right? Right, that's what they do. And so you look at a baby, what do you, just give me like one word, just yell it out. One word you think about when you see that little baby wrapped up so cute or whatever. Precious. What? Precious. Precious. Give me another one. Innocent. Innocent. One more. Adorable. Adorable. All of those good things. All of those good. Do you think anything bad about that baby? No. No. Just, just gorgeous. Just cute. Just precious. Look at verse number 21. It says, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself, even when you messed up, you said something you shouldn't have said, you did something you shouldn't have done, you think you've messed up the yes that he's given you. Keep yourself wrapped up in his love. See yourself loved by him. See yourself protected by him. See yourself forgiven by him. Don't allow what you may have done between the yes and the fulfillment of the yes to take you out of the love that he has for you. His yes is still a yes. His love for you is still his love for you. You're wrapped in him. You're all of those things that you all just yelled out in him. That's what you are. So keep yourself in his love. Meditate in his love. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just like a baby. See, it's not like, you know, when, when, when you know, we love our kids. I, I love, we have three boys. I love them. You know, my wife loves them. And, you know, those kids were, were in sports. And, uh, you know, we'd be there at the games or whatever. And, you know, they'd score a touchdown or, or I, I hit a two-pointer or a running track. Mama, that's my baby. That's my child. That's my boy. And I'd be like, nah, I was there too. I know we got kids in here, so I don't have to explain how I was there. 
But I was there, and she's like, that's my baby. That's my boy. That's my child. Shooting that three-pointer. Scoring that touchdown. Running that track. But a day or two later, when my boy get in trouble, when my boy do something he wasn't supposed to do, or didn't do something he should have done, she comes to me and says, you need to talk to your boy. I go, wait a minute. You were there. Right? Yeah, you were there. It, it, it's not just my boy now. And I do the same thing. I look at them. They did something like that. It's like, man, you act, you act like you. You act like his mama. Right? God is not like that. You know, that's a natural type of love. We love our kids, of course. But he sees you as he sees Jesus. So no matter what you do, you keep yourself in his love for you. Keep going towards him. Come, that's why the word of God said, come boldly. That's talking about when you miss it. Still come boldly to the throne of grace. That you may have, find mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. You need the grace. So come towards him. That's so, so very important. Because the word of God is true. So, so because you know you are loved, you are able to continue acting in faith or based on his love for you. So your true identity is in Jesus. God sees you as he sees Jesus, not based on your performance. He sees you as he sees Jesus, not based on your performance. Do we have a part to play? Yes. Does he expect us not to live in sin? Oh, absolutely. The wages of sin is a payment for that. But it's important that we got our yes, even if we miss it or when we miss it along the way and we think that we've destroyed it, it's still a yes. Because the promise is not based on your performance. It's based on what Jesus has already done. So it's still a yes. God is still speaking to you and willing to guide you towards your manifestation of his promise now to you, even in the storms of life. We think when the storms come, you know, that, man, this is not going to happen, just like with Jairus. No, it's still true. They didn't catch Jesus by surprise. So whether uh, we cause the storm or not, he's still speaking and wanting to guide us and lead us. Look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Now, this is so, so very important. Sometimes we think that, you know, you know Satan or circumstances or even our own wrong thinking sometimes can steal what God has, has, has promised to us, has spoken to us, what we've heard through his word, what's been prophesied over us. But it's still true. He can't. He can't take that. John chapter 10, verse number 1, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Verse number three, it says, uh, to him the doorkeeper opens and, and the sheep hear his voice. This is important. Hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse four, and when he brings out his own sheep, you're his own sheep. He goes before them. 
he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So stop being afraid of missing it. Even if you do, continue to follow him and listen to his voice. What, how he's leading you. Look at verse number 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And then verse 27, it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. If you're speaking that over yourself, that it's hard for me to hear his voice, it's hard for me to follow him, that's not true. You hear him. I hear him. We know how to follow his voice. But sometimes the storms of life, the you know, circumstances, things come in and, and are the, makes it difficult to hear, but we can hear. Say, I can hear him. So, so that's... that's that's somewhat wrong thinking when we say that. So Satan comes, circumstances, or even our own wrong thinking may try to steal, but what, what, what did the Father originally speak to you? What did he originally speak to you? What he originally spoke to you is still your promise, your yes, your now. Chapter 20 of John. John chapter 20. You all with me? Verse number one, it says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away. Then she ran. Now she's in stress. Then she ran and, um, and said, to, she ran, hold on for a second, where, where am I? Verse, yeah, verse number two, she ran and came to Simon Peter and said to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and, and we do not know where they have laid him. So she's in a stressful time right now. Verse number four, it says, so they ran together. The other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb. So now you have Peter and John running to the tomb and Mary going back to the tomb, right? Stay with me. Verse number 10, it says, then the disciples went away again to their own homes. So Peter and John came with Mary back to the tomb. They looked in and then they left her back again by herself. She was stressful. She ran to people, told the people. The people came. They looked, and then she's again by herself. Sometimes it's good to be by yourself with Jesus. You know, Norm and I were talking, man. We, were, we had prayed this morning. He touched on, like, without me telling, he touched on at least about four of the things that I wanted to cover this morning. And I know it was the Holy Spirit. You know, oftentimes in our most difficult seasons in life is when we can hear him the most. When it seems like we can't do nothing else in our own strength is when we can hear him the most. We're alone with him. We're by ourselves in a difficult season. 
between the yes and the fulfillment. So they left her alone. Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And she went uh, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down looking into the tomb. So she's in a stressful moment. She stooped down, looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus was laying. Verse number 13, then said they to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord. In other words, the word is gone, as though it's seen. She's in a stressful time. Seems like the word is not working. Seems like I can't hear the word. Okay? They said to her, verse 13, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. She's stressed out. Verse 14, Now when she had said this, When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know it was Jesus. She was weeping. She turns around and see another man standing there, looks at him, didn't notice it was him. She turns back around. Verse number 15. Jesus said to her, he's standing behind her, woman, notice he didn't call her Mary. He said, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? He knew who she was seeking. She, supposing this man standing behind her to be the gardener, said to him, sir, and she's still not looking at him, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus says to her, Mary. She turns around. Why did she turn around? He called her by name. Didn't we just read that? He, Jesus said, I call my sheep by name. Yes, he's spoken to you. Yes, is difficult. Yes, it seems like the word of God is not true. He's still calling your name and you can hear his voice. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned around and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, don't cling to me because she saw the word and she wanted to jump all over it. For I have not ascended to my father, but uh, go to your brethren, he says, and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. So even in your darkest moments, he's with you to lead you out. Even in your darkest moments. Even when it seems like the world, your mind thinking, people, Satan's trying to take your yes that's been promised to you. You're now that belongs to you. His voice is there in the darkest moment to lead you. To guide you. And he's beautiful. That's just the way he is. 
So she recognized his, his voice. She recognized her name, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. I love this scripture. I love it. I love it. I want more of it. <laughs> Isaiah 43, verse number one. But now thus says the Lord who created you, and you can put your name in there, T, in who formed you, T, fear not, or you can put the word you, you, fear not, I, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your He says that at the beginning. I've called you by your name. I will continue calling you by your name. Why am I going to call you by your name? You are mine. I'm calling you by your name. You are mine. You need to hear this. Why? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, calling you by your name. When... Although, you know, you pass through the waters and you seem like you don't hear his voice, he's calling you by name. Although the rivers, they shall not, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. In other words, you may be in the river and it seems like you're up to your neck and nothing's happening. And you're about to drown in your trouble, in your situation. He always provides a way out. His voice is speaking to you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I love that because as you're walking through the rivers of life, the waters of life, the fires of life, when you're tempted to quit, Throw in the tower. Cave in. This is not going to happen. It's not going to work. He's there. I said he's there. You're not alone. Even if there's no one else with you in the house, you're not alone. Your God is with you. But he's going to tempt you. He's going to try to appeal, Satan is, to your physical senses. Your mind may want to revert to your physical senses, to pull you away from your now, what he's promised you, what he says already belongs to you. Remember when Jesus was, 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 uh, went into the wilderness and, you know, he was tempted while he was there. And not only was he tempted while he was there, when he came out, the word of God says that Jesus was hungry. And what did the devil try to do? He tried to appeal to his senses. He tried to get in, he tempted him in his sense realm. Notice that that very first temptation, the first one was food because he knew Jesus was hungry. He said, if, if, remember, Satan suggests his suggestions to you. He says, if you are the son of God, if this word of God is true that's spoken to you. That's what he said. If, he said, if, 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 if. Why did he say if? He's wanting to get him off of what belongs to him and who he is. He says, turn this 
these stones and the crackling cornbread <laughs> with butter just out the oven. He's trying to appeal to his, his physical senses. And if we're led by our emotions and our physical senses instead of the now word that was originally spoken to us, we'll get off track. But even if we do, he always leads us back. And the way he does that is by us staying in fellowship with him, staying in his word, staying in communion with him. So even when you veer off, he'll bring you back. He, the Holy Spirit, will bring you back on track. That's what he will do. So we cannot miss the mark or miss what he's promised us if we stay connected with him. Because all of the promises of God in him, once again, are, and in him, so be it unto the glory of God through you. What his promise is to you. Amen? Amen. So, so, so the devil went straight for Jesus' physical senses. But, you know, look at Romans, and I'm going to close here. This is huge. This is, this is major. Look at Romans chapter, um, chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Woo! Verse number 9. Romans chapter 8, verse number 9, it says, But you are not. You, you can say you are currently not. Right there where you are sitting. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So verse number 10 starts out by and, but I put since or because, praise the Lord. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But since the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. In other words, if Satan couldn't stop Jesus from being raised from the dead because of Jesus being raised from the dead, if he was not raised from the dead, our faith would be useless, as Paul says. The gospel would be altogether powerless. Our sins would not, our sins would remain unforgiven. My question to you is, if the word that the Father God has spoken to you is not true now, then when is it? If the word of God is not true now, then when is it? If Satan couldn't keep Jesus from being raised from the dead, what makes you think? that he can stop what he's promised to you, what God has promised to you from coming to pass. If anything that he wanted to do is stop this man of God from getting up out of that grave. But Jesus said to them rascals when he was talking to him, destroy this temple. They thought he was talking about a physical building. But he said, destroy this temple and I will. Raise it up in three days. He said, I will raise it up in three days. If that was a great miracle, 
one of the greatest miracles, how much more will his I will to you bring it to pass? What has he spoken to you? He will bring it to pass. He will lead you through the way. He will do what he said he originally said he was going to do. Because he's not, once again, a God that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should have to repent. What he said to you, shall he not do it? What he's spoken to you, shall he not bring it to pass in your life? God is God is God is God is God all by himself. He don't need your help. All he needs you to do is believe. All he needs you to do is walk with him. All he needs is you to do is stay yoked up in him. He will bring it to pass. Not you. He will. Forget your stinking thinking if it's contrary to the word of God. Forget what people say if they don't believe what God has spoken to you. Who's greater, man or God? If not now, then when? You don't need now once you die and go to heaven. Thank you, Doc. Now is now is now. Amen? Praise the Lord. God is good. The word of God is awesome. There's more, but we're going to stop right here. Praise the Lord. If you're able to stand, now we, would you, let's stand together as we prepare to, to unhook from here. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Thank God for his word. His word is so true, and it's working on your behalf. Maybe you're here physically, or maybe you're watching online, and you're saying, T, you're talking about this Jesus. You're talking about this God but I don't know who he is, and I want to have a relationship with him. I want to just do that simple thing that you talked about, just to believe in the Lord Jesus. So, so, so as a body, I'm, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Just say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I receive you. Now, I believe in my heart, I confess you as Lord, thank you for receiving me as your son, as your daughter, amen. Now, if you just did that, whether you're here or you're watching online, this is your foundation. This is your blueprint. Even those that are here now have been born again for years. Just how you start this thing is how you continue to run until you go to heaven. Only believe. Or maybe you're here and you're not filled with the mighty Holy Spirit as, as Jude talked about in Jude 20 and 21. That's so important. To be filled with him. He's this, out of the three, he's the only one that's down here to lead and guide and comfort and direct. Jesus said he was going to send him. He's here. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. It's so important to be filled with him. Maybe you, you haven't yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you're not, you say, you know, I hear them speaking in tongues, a heavenly language. 
You want to know more about that. You want that power. It's so important to come down here and allow us to walk you through that process. And not only that, but give you information along those lines. Or maybe this word right here, you know, it, it touched your heart and you, it caused you to pick back up something that you know that the Lord has promised to you. I don't care if it was years ago. The now is still a now. The yes concerning you is still a yes. Maybe you need somebody to hook up with you in prayer. Grab hands together. Yes, encourage and, and stir you back up to what, what, was, what has never, ever went away. It's still on the inside of you. Allow someone to agree. We have amazing ministers here to agree with you in prayer. It's so important to connect with people. And by doing so, we whip the devil's behind instead of our behind getting whipped. Instead of, you know, you're tired of Satan kicking you like a football from 60 yards away. Those days could be over with today. We don't have to live a defeated life. That mean that we're not going to have tests and trials, but we don't have to live in defeat. Amen. So, Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you that your word is true and that our now is now, our yes is yes. Because once we go to heaven, we don't need a now. We don't need a Bible. We don't need a promise. We're living in the fulfillment of the promise. But right now, while we're here on this earth, thank you for guiding us. Thank you for leading us into what you promised us, what you've spoken to us. We give you praise and glory for that in Jesus' name.